0: On this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show, we're talking reasons to ride the Olympic Peninsula. A beloved area dealer is retiring and potholes. They're back. All that and so much more on the Sound Rider Show. Stick around.
1: Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by
2: Clem's Enum Power Sports, your South Sound destination for your favorite brands like Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Can Am, and Kimco. And Clems goes beyond motorcycles to satisfy all your outdoor passions with a full line of UTVs, ATVs, snowmobiles, personal watercraft, and cargo trailers. Have you got a dirt bike you want to convert to a snow bike? Visit Clems today and discover all the possibilities.
1: This is Rob from Motofit Group. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts,
0: and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world, this is The Sound Rider Show, the February edition where, rather, you're celebrating President's Day or Valentine's Day, we've got the show for you. Across from me here, El Presidente of Soundwriter, Mr. Tom Marin, and me, keep Valentine. It. That's right, making your love connection. Self-appointed editor at large, Mr. Derek Roberts. Tom, it's February. Kind of the doldrums of the quote-unquote off season here, but there's still a few, uh, a still a few chocolate nuggets in this show. I would say, right? Chocolate Nuggets. Yeah, reference to Valentine's Day. Best mm. I could do uh, off the top of my head here, but uh, chocolate nuggets can be a scary thing, buddy. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> uh, but you know, there are uh, there are some interesting things happening here in the Pacific Northwest, particularly. Um, you know, we had a, a longtime friend, longtime supporter of the show here, announce their retirement. Kind of a big time shop here in the, the Washington area. It's really something. Standard yeah. Power Sports closing up and this is but what has it been it it's been more than three decades right i mean the team uh, has 27 been years 27 years okay so yeah. almost right at it but you know this was uh i don't know that it was a, a shock in the broader sense but it did kind of pull on my heartstrings when i saw the announcement because this is this is a terrific shop
3: it really is yeah um it's been a great shop and a great group of people to work with and I'm going to miss that because you just don't get that kind of vitality out of some shops. Yeah. You know? uh, these guys are super dynamic, really good with their marketing. Um, and the kind of people I like where, you know, like you could have like 10 ideas and, and you get the one that's right to fly. Yeah. And they, they did.
0: They always did. Open-minded and progressive and sort of uh, trying to roll with the punches, the changes of the industry, I think. Yeah,
3: but man, what a what a sign of the times when they didn't even sell the business. Nobody wanted to, you know, nobody was well either qualified to buy or want, you know, could buy. And so because the three owners up there own the land too, mm-hmm. then they decided to shut the the business down and sell the land and take that money for their retirement.
0: Yeah, which is I mean I guess another sign of the times the fact that the real estate now uh, up north of Seattle is worth that much just the land on its own, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, all around them, there are motorhome companies. Yes. Yeah. So we're sandwiched in between several motorhome companies up there. Yep. And I, I'm i going to guess that somebody's going to take that building down and park a bunch of motorhomes on it.
0: Well, I tell you what, as, as people uh, lose their ability to balance a motorcycle, they drift right on into those motorhomes. And uh, those seem to be... I mean, that's the hot market and recreational vehicle, that and side-by-sides, right? I guess so. Have you ever stayed in a motorhome? No. I personally don't care for them.
3: <laughs> in fact, I'd rather sleep outside in my tent and let whoever's with me stay in their motorhome.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I always feel like uh, if I was going to spend $40,000, $60,000 and up yeah. on something like that, I would, I would just get on my motorcycle and stay at the occasional motel.
3: Yeah, that'd be, yeah, then you save a lot of money. Yeah. uh, Because not only are you not buying the vehicle, but you're not paying for the fuel. Yes. Um, You're paying less to, eh, I don't know, it's not less, but um, it's less than tent camping.
0: Well, that's, you
3: know. I mean, it's more than tent camping. Tent camping's less
0: than. Right, well, maybe we don't need to dive in this too much, but I tell you what, sometimes you go tent camping at a KOA and it's like 35 bucks. And you know. if you want to park your RV there it's like 95 bucks. Right, right. And I'm thinking and, and,
3: and, the, and the hotel or the motel like yeah, yeah,
0: and I'm thinking I don't know if that's a good deal. So I don't need uh 140 channels of cable TV. No. I don't need a, a a gas barbecue. I don't need the insurance. No. I don't need
3: the find a place to park it when I'm not driving it. Right it's it's just not for me. I know it's for some people and we have a lot of people who listen to the show who do enjoy their RVs and, and good for you guys.
0: yeah but uh yes we wish those folks and uh the incoming uh, motorhome dealerships up off of i five. We wish them luck as well but uh, gonna miss Skagit Power sports.
3: you definitely, definitely. um they are staying open in through this month and into March, okay? Uh, and then what they'll do is they'll move everything they have that hasn't sold back to the building behind them that they also have.
0: All right, because they a little warehouse across the street, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: So there still be stuff for sale but I know that the uh, I don't know have you been in at all this month?
0: I haven't been this month. Uh,
3: I think that uh, showroom floor is getting kind of empty right now.
0: I would imagine so because they they announced uh, no reasonable offer refused. Yep. So they were they were looking to make fair deals certainly early on but I know they had some really desirable used motorcycles in there. They had a great gear selection, good helmet selection. And I think that there was an opportunity to score some deals there. But, you know, they had some experienced staff members, too. I really hope that some of those folks decide to stay in the motorcycle business. I told Jose, wherever you go, take me with you, my friend. That's that's the the first guy that comes to mind there, certainly. uh, People
3: probably don't know this, but I've done the uh, graphic arts and the web some of the web stuff and the social media stuff with them now, I think going on four years. Yeah.
0: A supporter soundwriter, soundwriter in more ways than one. That's certainly. right. Yeah,
3: that's right. So, uh, definitely going to miss them. Uh, and I, and I would like to work with Jose wherever he goes, cause he's one of the
0: dynamic people out of that. Yes. Group, so. Yeah. And he's one of the, uh, we should, we should make a list of the sort of dynamic, uh, four under 40 or something like that in the motorcycle yeah, exactly. scene right because he's he's certainly on that list i i would uh, i would venture to say but you know this is a wave and you wrote a a great article in the in the february edition of sound rider that kind of highlighted some of this but changes in 2020 man yeah there's, lots of changes yeah there's some stuff coming some of it good some of it uh a little sad kind of like the skagit uh retirement here but what uh, What is your take on kind of the broader scene as we look ahead?
3: So, what is it? The the, the Dirty Poker Run has mm. been canceled because the landowners say they can no longer have that event on their land. Now, they did that event in March, I think it was, like okay. the first week of March. And uh, they said it was a fire hazard. I'm like, well, that's going to burn up out there. In March, in the
0: March yeah, that would be. But maybe some sort of environmental impact out there or legal impact. It's hard to say, you know, as times change, because that, that event has been around for a long, long time. Yeah,
3: a long time. And then, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Puget Sound Safety has closed down their PSSOR. That's right, yeah. So that's uh, that's a big change. Yep.
0: And of course, we, you know, talked about this many months ago, but then there's just the, the Noble Rush closure, and we continue to wait and see if those dealerships will be scooped up or how all those brands will settle. I am starting to hear some of that is falling into place, but that'll be... All I know is rumors. you know anything that's real? I I, I wouldn't venture to call it real yet, although I think uh, I have heard, and I, I will be sort of... I will hesitate to name the dealership specifically, but I heard that somebody a little north of us here in Seattle has officially taken uh Ducatian okay have you heard that at all
3: well uh, I heard that there was uh two different dealerships north okay. of Seattle that were vying for it so okay. I guess we'll have to wait until the we next should, show we
0: should leave it at that then until we can <laughs> verify but I also hear that there's some movement going down in the old uh the old Hinshaws complex okay. there as well so yeah
3: I've heard about that but I, I nothing concrete yep. I can't get anything out of them so I'll keep trying to milk them. That's right. They'll tell me when it's going to happen. Yeah, if anything's going to happen.
0: Well, you know, there's so many dynamics. It's and we've talked about this not directly before, but it's not just about hey, do you have the money or not? But then there's the OEM approval ships, and when you're talking about the old Hinshaws complex, they had virtually every line under the sun there. So they had yeah, they had all four Japanese lines yeah, KTM,
3: Indian, right, all the stuff so yeah i don't know um we'll just have to keep waiting to see i I, you know as soon as we know confirmations on things we're gonna put them up on the uh on the twitter feed on the facebook all those places so our readers will will get to know about it you can watch our news bites column on the magazine
0: well let me ask you this this is the big change in 2020 i want to know are you going to buy a new motorcycle we? Yeah. What's got the inside track?
3: Oh, you know, to, to
0: replace my dual sport. Yeah. Uh,
3: I'm kind of on defense about that right now. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to take the year off and work with the bikes I have. Okay. Um, don't I don't need to do any serious, you know, dual sporting? Sure. And uh, I do have two bikes that you know, one is one is you know okay for. Five-mile fire road trip if I want to take a
0: shortcut. 100%. Uh,
3: I got a little 250 that does pretty good off-road. So, um, uh, you know, I looked at the Super Tenere, but we haven't seen a real one yet.
0: <clears throat> I think a lot of people are excited about that, but that would be a, a good choice. if uh, Maybe you don't get it the first year, but maybe in the next couple of years, if you want to go back full-time dual sport, I think that'd be one that would probably t- it would top my list, certainly. I don't know about you. And it's
3: definitely something I would look at um
0: what about you you need a new bike you know I don't I don't think I would get a replacement bike certainly I think the DR is going to be around for a long time but I do find my eye drifting and I don't the problem is you know the performance envelope difference here isn't enough but I really every time I go and I look at one of the Royal Enfield Classics the, what? Just, the Royal Enfield Classics I just uh-huh. I love the style of that bike, but I just it's it's not a, I don't know if it's a far enough performance difference to to justify owning a second motorcycle.
3: Yeah, that's that sort of be something you just buy to look good or going around town on, right? Well,
0: that's my primary concern, you know. Yeah. I mean, I got to get out there and, and let people know. But um, but all of those uh, you know the Tenere Seven Hundred, or even if you're not on the Tenere Seven Hundred, of course, if you're on the uh, the NC Seven Hundred X those are pretty good bikes for the the olympic peninsula and i just saw a great article on adv pulse about um, eight reasons to visit the olympic peninsula do you have a chance to see this no go ahead tell well, me what the eight reasons yeah because i'd like to get uh i'd like to get your take on this so first one that uh, and again this is adv pulse and uh let me see who's the the author here i'll have to scroll down a little bit but the number one reason they listed was uh Epic off-road terrain. What do you think out on the Olympic Peninsula? Can you find some good uh, off-road stuff there? There is some nice stuff, yeah. Got to go a little further south, right?
3: Well, all the way around, I mean, there's, there's things you can do up there by Hurricane Ridge. There's a really nice road that goes out to uh, Observation Point there. Sure. Um, down on the south end, there's a lot of dirt roads you can cruise around on. There's a guy who, uh, his name is uh, the Grip Twister. Oh yeah, and he does a tour. You know, they modulate or, or modifies each year. Uh, I think sometimes though he misses some good stuff that that people should see. You know, where those viewpoints and stuff. Well, that's true, and those aren't always in the Crypt Twister maps.
0: Well, in one of those viewpoints, is the second one on the list here, and it's I guess not a viewpoint, but just in general, uh, the unique explore a unique forest landscape. Mm-hmm. Right, because there's a lot of good. I mean, that's when I think of western washington you think of forested landscape certainly right oh definitely yeah
3: definitely and there there's some great viewpoints out of the you know if you go up to like the denny all overlook sure that's beautiful um but you know those are things that you got to find them on a map and, and know how to get there we have um what do we have we have uh Several Sasquatch tours yeah. that had gone around on the Olympic Peninsula, and those books are available for people to purchase, and they'll show
0: you where those things are. You get the GPS tracks and all that. Definitely. And, you know, part of the reason that I brought this up, too, is for people who are, you know, I think Washingtonians are, uh, Washingtonians are maybe a little more familiar, but if you're coming from Oregon or Idaho or somewhere else in the western half of the United States, it's not just the one-on-one loop around. No right. way. There's a lot more to ride. So yeah, you gotta do your homework, but or get our books. That's right. Yeah, get the books mm-hmm. off, off the one-on-one. Of course, the Washington coast. That's a great reason to to ride I, the Olympic. And you can
3: ride there. motorcycle on the sound out there.
0: Yes, which is always fun. The,
3: all the beaches with numbers. Beach number one. Beach number two.
0: So I'm trying to think uh, further up north because I know down south they consider that part of the highway uh, the highway system. Do you know if that's the same up north there?
3: Well, it's not part of 101 if you go out. No, if you go out
0: at Clips there or. Uh, or managed no. by the Department of Transportation, I guess I should say. I should clarify. What, the sand? Yeah.
3: Oh, I don't know. I
0: don't think so. Because down, like Long Beach, that stretch on Long Beach you can ride on, uh-huh. that's managed by the DOT. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Huh.
3: And
0: I'm there's, always learning something new on it, the sound Riders. And <laughs> That's right. And a little fun fact, uh, uh-huh. Coal Palace Beach, which is on the Olympic Coast there, uh, yep. is an airport. Ah, you can land an airplane out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, so that gives you an idea of how hard packed the sand is. You can get fried food out there too—fried clams or oh yeah, anything you want. <laughs> fried zucchini, <laughs> fried shrimp. So number four, he lists his amazing views, which obviously that's 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 no question there. Number five, complete solitude.
3: Well, yeah, there's certainly places you can go and kind of not hear anything at all.
0: That's right. Yeah, and you would find that number six. He lists scenic back roads. I think that's okay. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Uh, idealic camping number seven. Any any camping spots that stand out to you on the? Uh...
3: Uh, I really like the uh, campground that is up north of Squim. There's oh. a, a state park up there, and uh, you get some stunning sunsets off of that mm. campground because it's on the north shore. Yeah. So, in the summertime, the sun's going to set up in the northwest. Right. And you get some really great sunsets up there. Um, There's a nice little campground out in uh, Potlatch. Nice. They have a nice little campground near the road there. Um those are the two that stand out for me. And then I don't know if they talk about the they talk about the Soul Hot Springs. There's hot springs out there.
0: Uh, I don't see. That's not one of the headlines anyway. The last one on here is uh, historic sites. Um, but I don't know that they mentioned the uh, There's some real interesting solduk. historic
3: yeah. sites. There's a a whole military installation out beyond Port Angeles.
0: I don't know that I've ever visited. That. It's not.
3: It's not active. It's okay. now. It's like a, I think it's a state park now. Oh, interesting. And you go out there, and there's like cannons built into brick walls, and it's it's uh, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. And then of course uh, Crescent Lake Lodge. That's a really nice historic thing. Claylock Lodge, uh, Quinault.
0: You really you I don't I, that's the thing you could spend a lot of time out there, especially if you're a dual sport guy yep right you can really uh i mean you can make more than a weekend out of it for sure
3: and i know how to ride around it on a road bike in a day but you know don't do that no. because you take the time and you you uh get to check out all these things and make it like a three-day trip or whatever i did a three-day trip with my daughter out there one time nice. it, it rained all three days well,
0: <laughs> <to> <laughs> you be know expected. the only
3: one time it didn't rain you know when that was when's that when we went to the
0: whole river rainforest oh unbelievable the rainiest <laughs> spot in north america and you don't get any rain there but uh i don't know i thought that was interesting and uh if you want to check out the article it's worth looking at he took some really some really great photos and it just got me thinking about how it would be a really cool idea to connect one of the the sasquatch tours with the um vancouver island tour if you have time right we can ride Olympic Need Peninsula. A weeks. Well, you could take the black ball right, what is the the ferry oh, up there? The
3: black ball ferries yeah. a ball of wax, yeah. Well
0: you could you could take that up north though, and you could have a uh, only
3: it only runs twice a day, and you better be one of the first twelve bikes that showed up. And you can't do a reservation, so Well
0: uh, tell me on what other show you're gonna get that kind of advice. That's right. Right? Only Vancouver. here on the Sun Show. The only way show. I
3: like to do Vancouver is go into Tawasan or go out of Horseshoe Bay. I got on the you. Canadian ferries, well, skip the black ball.
0: Well, maybe I'll do it and I'll report back. But I think it'd be a, okay. a, a fun trip to do the Olympic Peninsula and Vancouver Island in one shot if you have the time.
3: Yeah, if you have the time. Yeah, we're going to talk about having the time
2: more, but let's take a little break. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by i ninety Motorsports, your Eastside destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today at I-90Motorsports.com.
1: Hi, my name is Dan Muir. from Silverdale, Washington. I ride, among other bikes, an R1150GS, and my favorite local ride is to head up to Port Townsend in the afternoon just for a cup of coffee.
3: This is David Christensen with Tucker Rocky, and you're listening to the Soundwriter Show.
0: Soundwriter show. And let's get right into it, into News Bites. Even though it is the uh, shortest month of the year coming off of January, there are a couple of uh, notable items here. So let's get started with another article coming in the February edition. Uh, let's talk about potholes. Potholes. Yeah. I hate those things. Yeah, I tell you. And I don't think it's going to get any better. We had some very cold and then some very warm weather, at least in Western Washington. And I think that affected a lot of the. Pacific Northwest and that's not good on pavement.
3: Yep, and I live in Seattle and you live in Seattle hmm and we're in the uh, kingdom of potholes yeah. So, uh, you know, we have our pothole rangers. Yep. the band-aid Troop
0: <laughs> the band-aid brigade
3: what we don't have is any kind of good street maintenance to Stop potholes from occurring. Yeah, and so um The article that you reference here is on Soundwriter. You can get to it from the homepage. And we just want to encourage everybody to report potholes around where they are, whether you're, you know, in Seattle or you're in King County or you're in Oregon or wherever you are. Uh, If if all the writers, if everybody who listens to this show, everybody that reads Soundwriter, reported a pothole, how much better the world would be
0: yeah i tell you and that's uh you know it's a good reminder too just to as you take the bike out into spring and even on some of these warmer days to stay vigilant because these aren't oftentimes these aren't just your normal potholes no you know they could be pretty deep i mean they could be enough to derail you so. and
3: what wasn't there a week ago before the freeze is there now right and you know the freezing we could still have a couple more freezes this year so oh, yeah. uh that's gonna you know that that just really everything's already loosened up and ready to go if it hasn't gone yet it's going
0: in the next freeze that's that's the truth but let's talk uh specifically here because i think uh You may or may not unofficially hold the record for potholes reported in King County. I'm working on it with the Guinness (laughs) Book of World Records. So tell people, though, the process here in King County so they may be able to elucidate in some of the other areas of the Pacific Northwest how to go about that.
3: So in Seattle, there is an app you can put on your phone. It's called the Find It, Fix It app. And you just, uh, wherever you are, when you see a pothole, you just stand on the sidewalk across from the pothole, and you hit the Find It Fix It app, and it'll automatically know where you are because it's GPS coded. Okay. And then you can uh, very quickly plug in that pothole. You do have to tell them what you're looking at, a pothole. Right. And then you have to tell them uh, information about the location. So, you know, it might be southbound, uh, right lane. Of the street, and then you just hit submit, and in it goes. You can take a picture if you want, but that's optional. Mm -hmm. Um, In King County, there is a different app called the C. What is it? See it. See Click Fix. Okay, and uh, that you would use for cities around that aren't in Seattle, Uh, and that app works in a lot of different metropolitan areas. So. I encourage people to, wherever they live, see what the protocol is for reporting potholes. Typically, nowadays, it's an app. And that's a lot easier than when we used to report them 10 years ago. Definitely. Had to pick up the phone and call and, hey, what a pain that ever was.
0: Now, you mentioned that they're using some geolocation on this. Is there any truth to the rumor that uh, city governments are selling advertising to car repair places off of this? Hey, there you go.
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe they're, yeah, exactly. As soon as you help. close the app, uh, you know, the next time you load a browser, it's yeah. coming up with information on how that's to get right. car repair. Yeah,
0: that's uh, how they're going to fund uh, whatever battle we need to fund here in every, uh, in every city government, but. Uh, well, and
3: my Honda Element at about, I think it was about 75,000 miles, uh, most of the shims were shot mm-hmm. around the suspension. Sure. And I had to take it, it cost me a thousand bucks. And I'm starting to hear that clatter again at 200,000 miles. So um, this isn't, you know, this isn't cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the city's see. not paying for my shims. So no, they're I don't not. Like it.
0: They are not. So. But
3: uh, yeah, those potholes have a way of beating the heck out of out of your car, out of your motorcycle, out of that RV. Yep. So uh, you know, the the more we get these things fixed up, then we can save some wear and tear on all our vehicles.
0: I Not to belabor the point too long here on potholes, as we're only on item number one, but do you remember uh, a year or two ago when Domino's ran that ad campaign where they were filling in yeah. potholes? Yeah,
3: yeah. and the and, and, uh,
0: um, city of Seattle didn't play with them on that. Oh, is that true? Right. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. I was going to try to bring that back, but that sounds like... Uh, well, Domino's couldn't penetrate the
3: pothole uh, rangers. <laughs> sounds
0: like Seattle avoided the noid.
3: They had, like, their own trucks
0: that went out that were all decorated in dominoes. Well, they were branding the actual repair, too. They were painting it like dominoes. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's not going to fly when you have Yeah, I don't know. Because who's going to take responsibility on that pothole?
0: I'm all for it. Corporate-private partnership. Let's get it done.
3: Anyway, speaking of heavy winter snow, uh, well, we had 41 inches of snow over 48 hours on Stokwami Pass a couple yeah, weeks ago.
0: it dumped up there.
3: So we got a lot of snow up in the mountains, and that's going to affect uh, what you're able to do later on when the spring comes, especially if you're a dual-sport rider. That's right. So don't expect to be uh, you know, making your trip through the Cascades anytime soon.
0: Too early. Yeah, you know? probably, have to wait probably till at least June, unless we get some really unseasonably warm weather, huh? June, yeah. yeah.
3: June 1st. That's when the road trip 2020 will occur in the North Cascade. Well, yeah, tell us a
0: little bit about the plans for So, the we road got trip. all the
3: information up on that now. It's online at soundrider.com. Uh, it's going to be a five day road trip tour. And uh, we did some special pricing this year. There's solo pricing, and then there's a a discounted pricing if you're riding two up on the same bike. Oh, very cool. So anybody who's got a significant other that they want to have come along with them, uh, we carry everybody's luggage for them that they don't want to carry on the bike. And uh, we're doing this, what, 12 years now? Yeah, yeah. So, we know what we're doing. Absolutely. And, uh, it's going to be a beautiful trip. It's a five-day trip. You know, we were talking about going around the Olympic Peninsula and not going, you know, not trying to pull it off in a day unless yep. you're just trying to iron butt it. But uh, this trip is set up as a five-day tour. And we will have historical sites that we'll be popping into. we got some great. great side roads. You're not going to be on Highway 2 or Highway 20 all the time. You're going to be out on the side roads. Um, we do complete... Uh, We do. We, we, you know, if you want to do the Cascade Loops in its entirety, uh, the the scenic loop, you're supposed to go to Whidbey Island. Okay. Most people don't do that. No. They just pop up five and go around in a circle and get home, you know, that day or the next day or whatever. Take your time, people. Yeah, and ours is what I call a super eight because it's actually in the shape of an eight
0: so that's awesome and then uh you know you mentioned uh just some of the main roads there but that's another thing is people need to take the time to get to some of those two-lane highways because you got to take in the scenery man the cascades is
3: yeah and we're not going to burn you out with a 350 mile day on the road we're going to give you you know shorter days on the road so you have time to do some of these scenic areas some of the museums get some of the history
0: enjoy your life and uh well hey speaking of uh great events that happened in the Cascades. Why don't we move down to the Oregon Cascades, and let's talk about another registration that just opened up.
3: Rally in the Gorge. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. That's open. So, uh, and, uh, you know, it's been kind of fun with the with the bad winter weather and all. I've been on the phone with my buddies like Jesse and uh, um, uh, Idaho Star. Oh, great, yeah. And we're all talking about what we're doing this summer, so there's going to be some fun stuff coming up. Love it. Maybe a little Jim Connor.
0: Oh, yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse's a master at that. So, yep. Get him involved. Yeah. Well, it's always a great event. And I know that uh, it's February and we're talking August, but, you know, it's never too early to get excited about the rally in the gorge.
3: Well, and you know what excites me if, if anybody registers now is uh, I might be able to pay a couple bills. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's wintertime in the motorsports business, and the cash flow is a little bit low. So if you want to help us out now, this is a great time to register. And uh, I'm not sure yet what's going to happen, but I'm going to be pondering the idea I may need to charge more for Rallying the Gorge later. Gotcha. So I may raise the rate in the spring. Okay. So now would be a really good time to sign up, but I'm not sure yet. I got I got to do my get my math going.
0: Sure. A well, discounted rate though in uh potentially in effect right now. And you just say, hey, you report that pothole and then you just go over to, you know, com and visit the event tab and ra- uh, register right now for the rally on the group. Oh yeah. yeah, if you
3: didn't have anything to do, we got stuff for you to do oh, at the end of this
0: show. Oh man. That's right. All kinds of stuff to do. <laughs>
3: Uh, hey, well, let's go to Saudi Arabia for a moment, shall we? Yeah, I think the, it's a good idea. Uh, uh, Dakar happened. We talked about it on the show last month. Yeah. And, uh, Ricky Brabeck won from Honda. First time a Honda rider has won in
0: a mm, 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 couple decades. Yeah, it's been a while for KTM Honda. KTM had a 17-year reign. God, I was going to ask what the rotation had been, thinking that KTM had done... Probably at least 15 out of the last 20, but 17 in a row, that's a, a pretty impressive accomplishment. And then for Honda to bring it out, that's a that's a good sign.
3: And I seem to remember last year, uh, Ricky was, was on day 10 of 12 and broke the motorcycle. And I made a comment about that on the show. Yeah. And I said, you know, we just got people that are just riding too damn hard and breaking motorcycles when they have a chance to win yep. and 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 he kind of said that in uh, in his uh closing statements that this year he really looked at how to you know get get the full 12 days out of it and not not put the bike in the shop
0: man i tell you what there are a uh, few motorcycle events that are as much of a spectacle as the deck and uh, those bikes God, they take a beating, not to mention the people, not to mention the riders, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, congratulations to Honda, though. This is a big deal for for them and for the uh, for the greater motorsports industry. It's nice to have Honda back on top. You know, nothing against KTM, but it's nice to have that, a little variety amongst brands at the top, yeah. I think.
3: And I'm a Honda
0: man. So. Of course, yeah.
3: Uh, let's see. Uh, Yamaha coming up with an e-bike called the CrossCore.
0: So this is the new wave here, but I haven't seen anything on the CrossCore. What can you tell us about it?
3: I, it was white. It was a white bicycle with a battery on it, <laughs> and uh, looked kind of like a regular bicycle. Okay, didn't look like these rad bikes or anything. It looked more like a bicycle than a than a, a fat tire, you know, style e-bike
0: so what's the strategy here is everybody just trying to make sure that they have their toe on the water so that when you know it hits they can they can be part of it because i've all the brands are starting to release patents we're starting to see drawings and mock-ups and 3d uh you know specs and it's i'm I'm interested to know is this going to happen in america or are these e-bikes just going to take over in asia and this is all just a spillover what do you think
3: well, Texas, have to wait and see. I guess. I guess. You know, when you get one, then we know it's hot.
0: Well, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> Maybe that's your new bike this year. Yeah,
0: I don't. Uh, you know, I'm all for an electric motorcycle, but I don't. I don't get the whole e-bike thing. I got to be honest with you. That's not. That's not my lane. Have you ever ridden mine? No.
3: Oh, fun. Well, you know, it's like I can ride from here up to the top of Queen Anne, seven miles away. You can't do that on a regular bicycle.
0: Well, I. You're right, but I would just take my motorcycle i mean i could do it on a bicycle let's let's
2: let's be clear i I
3: get get the bicycle lane. i'll beat you because if we're doing it at rush hour you're gonna have to be you know putting your feet down all the way through fremont while i buzz down the bicycle lane and i'm already crossed the bridge and going up the hill and you're still you're still trying
0: to get across 35th so what's the uh, top speed on the e-bike 20 20 oh i could beat you on a regular bicycle
3: no, 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 no! You couldn't, because you couldn't go up that hill. You couldn't get you. You'd, you'd want to get off your bike and walk. Hey, a little, a little yeah. training,
0: time, and I think I could do it. That's all uh, i am say. I give me about six <laughs> weeks, and I'll be back and I ready can, to go.
3: I can go up a hill at about eleven miles an hour, and you're going to go up a hill at about maybe four maybe for.
0: I don't know. That'll Those are be, steep hills. Schedule that as another one for our Sound Riders Mythbusters episode. I'll tell you
3: what, I got a regular bicycle and an e-bike. I'll race you to the top of Queen Anne.
0: I just I got to get a little I got a little training under my belt. Maybe this summer though. I I would I'd be up for that challenge.
3: So, uh moving away from the e-bikes. Yeah. Uh Ducati had a flat ear, which I guess is good news for them. Sold uh, fifty-three thousand motorcycles worldwide, and the model leader. I found this to be odd. Uh huh. The Panigale, it really? Made 300 units. That's like fifteen percent of the sales off that one bike.
0: That is surprising.
3: I don't know who's buying them. Maybe maybe
0: it's got to be somewhere else. I can't. I don't see a lot of Panigales around here. So what? Uh, before knowing this, what would have been your guess? I felt I would have I would have guessed it's one of their scramblers.
3: I would have thought the scrambler yeah. line. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, but I wonder where's the pocket of uh, Panigale lovers? I don't know, but
3: they should all be at Sport Bike Northwest in the summer. <laughs> That's right. We'll see you yeah, in, uh, in, in Hood River. Hell yeah. I got a special discount for you. Come on a galley I charge you next to two hundred dollars.
0: It, it only seems fair. You got the money. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know those guys. They they, they they like to spend a thirty grand on the bike and another thirty grand on the carbon fiber accessories. You got to so, do
0: that, and then you got to spend uh, at least another few grand on leather, right? Two? Well, at least a few grand. Oh, yeah, a few. Yeah, yeah, like five. Yeah, yeah.
3: And then you get it with the Ducati logo sewn into it. Just goes up from there.
0: We're just saying, uh, Ducati, we are accepting sponsorships for the Sound Riders show. So if you're listening, give, <laughs> give us a call.
3: Yeah, if we had a shop.
0: Well, again, <laughs> we, we, we don't know. Somewhere may, uh, may be landing there, we'll so see fingers crossed. You know, I am a fan. I do, I, I, I do really enjoy a Ducati, though. I like the styling. It's, an, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a niche. It's a niche brand, but it's yeah. It it's, definitely are. They're good looking motorcycles, so.
3: I figured I figured they would have had their sales up if all those units hadn't been shipped back from the Noble Rush, right? Yeah, oh, we that would have given him another 5,000 units. That's no,
0: know. that's hard to say, yeah. That is, <laughs> that is a lot of speculation here in News Bites. But. So
3: uh, some of our readers know of Peter Starr. He did a movie called Take It to the Limit, and he did a book that he followed up with on that. Yeah. And uh, and he has a new book out, and I'm just letting you know he's got a new book out. It's called Motorcycle Traveler.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Kind
3: of, I guess, kind of like a biography. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for that. Another new book that's coming is from uh, Greg Fraser, who wrote uh, Motorcycle Sex. Yes, along with uh, hmm, about eight different other books. He's written
0: quite a few, certainly, yeah,
3: mostly about travel and
0: that sort of thing. And circumvented the globe six times on his motorcycle. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: So, he's got a new book. It's it's going to be coming out eh, probably later in the late spring right. at this point. But uh, it'll be called uh, Motorcycle Adventurer Fraser Shrugs.
0: Okay. Well, maybe we can get a, uh, a little... A little note on what's that, what that is about when he gets ready to release that, right? Because I know a lot of our listeners are yeah, like to that Yeah, we'll probably call it the Fuddruckers in Malaysia. There <laughs> we get go, them, yeah. Get him to an interview A <laughs> little we'll throwback to a few years ago. Hey, before <laughs> we close out, I want to just mention one other quick thing here just to get your take. Uh, were you a Rush fan? Yeah. Okay. You yeah, see- so
3: Neil Peart. Yeah. Way.
0: And, uh I think uh, sometimes that gets a little overlooked about how accomplished a motorcycle rider he was, but uh, I know that popped up on some of the blogs and everything, and mm-hmm. I I just wanted to get your take. If you were a Rush fan or not, I'm a Rush fan, but, uh, you know, I know they're not for everybody. We but... were
3: having this discussion the other night. I don't own any Rush albums. Oh, okay. Nowadays, you don't have to own any albums. Certainly If not. you got a Spotify subscription or Pandora, yeah, for sure. you can listen to anything you want. That's but, right. Uh, but I never... Um, I never got so into Rush that I bought records of theirs. There was uh, a number of the progressive rock acts that I just wasn't into that deeply.
0: That's a whole different era there, but uh, you know, a nod to uh, certainly some of their greatest hits, and they're, they're a pretty good trio. You got to give it to them. So he'll yeah. be missed in the motorcycling world and in the drumming world.
3: Yeah, definitely. Michael Shreve uh, is a friend of mine on Facebook, and he's been putting up some posts about Neil and and also uh, Michael wasn't really into Rush oh uh, didn't really get into Neil Peart until more recently like when, like the last five years
0: well it's funny how that can come around like that you know <laughs> sometimes you go your entire life and then you, you revisit an artist or uh, a talent and you realize that you know they kind of hit you in a different way
3: yeah that's the way I am with the Carpenters oh no kidding oh they just blow me away
0: now wow yeah see you I, can't I, get this on any other motorcycle show <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, let's take a little break. When we come back, we got
3: the
2: calendar.
1: Support for the Sound Riders show is provided in part by
2: Cascade Motorcycle Safety. Featuring two ranges located in Anacortis and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hi, this is Ian. I live in Seattle. I ride a Kawasaki Versus, and this summer I'm going to be riding off road in the Oregon desert.
1: Hi, this is Scott from Orion Americas, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show.
0: calendar segment here on this February edition of the Soundwriter show and a short month but there's still some good ones out here in the Pacific Northwest and some notable ones becoming more notable with every passing year that we'll get to in Portland in a little in a few minutes here but let's start uh, right here in Washington with some what do we got indoor short track racing
3: indoor short track racing down at the puyallup fairgrounds there or what do they call them i don't know state fairgrounds yeah something like that i don't know
0: i'm always blown away about how much uh just racing goes on throughout the year it's really impressive how many dedicated motorcycle riders we have all throughout the pacific northwest
3: yeah it's quite a community down there when you go down there I mean, it's it's mostly all the guys that are racing. There's not a lot of spectators, sure. so you're definitely going to get a place to sit when you go. But uh, always fun, and you know, I like going up to Evergreen Fairgrounds yeah. and watching the the short track racing up there, and the little kids up there—they rock. So it's always kind of fun. Yeah,
0: nice to cultivate the youth, too.
3: It uh, looks like uh, Washington State BMW riders on Sunday the 2nd will have a ride, and I do believe that would be a South Sound ride since Great. they had their last meeting up in the North Sound.
0: All right. So, uh,
3: Let's see, February 7th through the 9th, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the One Moto Show is happening. Remember, we talked about this last month. Yep. new location
0: bigger and better than ever apparently.
3: I'm going to go for the 3 days and there's racing during
0: that because yeah. they're doing it over at the stadium. At the very least some flat track racing. I don't know what else they're including I there, think it's but it's flat, is track. flat yeah. track, okay.
3: So that'll be happening.
0: As I know that uh, a few of our friends from Tacoma Motorsports will be participating in those flat track races down there. Ah, yeah, okay. So keep an eye out for them. And also I you know, we don't have it on here. I just learned about this. Have you heard that there is also a number 2 show? number two show it's 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 sort of a it's a riff off of the one show
3: oh no i haven't heard about but
0: in some other uh greater portland area you know in sort of that i guess hipster fashion where when something gets too big it's not cool anymore a group of splintered off and started the number two show oh so keep an eye out for that it might be kind of a fun balance over the weekend there you can take in a lot of different Moto culture in the greater Portland area. Is it at area. the same?
3: It's on the same weekend. And
0: that's my understanding. Yes, oh, wow. I don't have full details yet, okay. but hit the Google for that.
3: Hmm. Well, I wish him luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday the eighth out in Diamond Lake, Oregon. That's down by I think it's down by Crater Lake. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have the snow bike racing going on down there. Be uh, round three of the. Series that they do here right, in the Pacific yep. Northwest. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, the 14th and the 15th, you got Northwest Arena Cross up at Evergreen. Uh, fairgrounds up there.
0: More fun going on there.
3: Um This sounds like one for you. Uh, (laughs) Sunday the 16th, the Chili Buns Run.
0: Yeah, so is this also a chili cook-off? What's the reference to chili I think it ends with a chili feed. Nice. And it's
3: in uh, Albany, Oregon. Where's Albany? Down on the coast. I don't
0: know, but I hear that that's Oregon's chili capital. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking anyway.
3: And then everything sort of slows down through the rest of the month. There isn't that much more going on. Um, starting on March 1st, we have the Café to Café Grand Tour starting.
0: Now, I think we talked about this in one of the previous shows a little bit here, but what is, uh, pun intended, what's on the menu for this year's Café to Café? Because last year was uh, pretty close to record participation, if I remember correctly.
3: Yeah, well, we never tell you what what the places are going to be. That's part of the value of buying in, is that you get that list of those restaurants. right. But, uh, and I pick restaurants right up to the last minute. Yep. So I just plugged one in the other day that I'd never heard of before. And uh, it was out in a really cool town, and it's got a good reputation, and you're going you're gonna to like it.
0: So you just uh, load up your Carpenter's Playlist, and you turn on the Bluetooth headphones, and you go for I, it, right? Yeah. You know,
3: I tore the CD player out of my luggage, so I just have, <laughs> there
0: you I, go. I just have the Spotify
3: connected to the... <laughs> To the data plan.
0: That's that's the way to do it. And I'll add on here too. Another uh, another event. This is end of March, but uh, AMA Supercross is coming to Seattle CenturyLink Field. Is that going to be in March or April? Um, the last Saturday in March, March 28th, I believe.
3: Oh, I thought I had this on. Uh... Oh yeah, but that's in March, right? Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. So just a, just a little heads up for people. That's going to be a pretty big event. So yeah. So, hey, that was exciting. That's a calendar. I tell you what, man. We burnt right through that. But at least some cool stuff going on if you do want to get out and engage in the community. And at the very least, we didn't add it on here, but get up and uh, go visit the guys at Skagit. A little farewell tour up there, right? Maybe you can yeah. get a good deal, but, you Take know, a little farewell
3: ride up there. Yeah, right? good idea. Get lunch at the uh, Third Street Cafe.
0: Yes, right. That's in uh, right by the courthouse there in Mount Vernon. Is that right?
3: Yeah, All we right. talked about it on the show last month too. I tell
0: it's you really what, good food. They should be sponsors. Good
3: for you. That's
0: right. <laughs> All like right, Soundwriter Show.
3: Let's take a little break, and who knows what's going to happen when we come
2: back? You'll find out. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by.
1: The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com slash rally. Hi, I'm Ron Fox. I live on the Kitsap Peninsula in the town of Polsbo. My favorite ride down here is the Vista House. The curves are great, the road is in great shape, and it is fun.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Brown from Seattle Cycle Center, and you're listening to The Soundrider Show. <music>
3: We are back on the Soundwriter Show. You got me, the publisher, Tom Marin, and Derek has stepped outside. I think he's replacing his battery or washing the bugs off his bike or something. So I'm going to give you a little report on the recent Vancouver Motorcycle Show. You know, with the loss of the annual International Motorcycle Show in Seattle several years ago, Enthusiasts have been seeking out alternative events to satiate their passion during the winter months. If you live in the Puget Sound region, that requires a trek to Portland, Spokane, or Canada. I recently visited the the Vancouver Motorcycle Show in Abbotsford, British Columbia, spending three days checking out all the latest offerings, as well as some primo, one of a kind bikes and classics. Let's kick it off with the Piaggio Group, who was there with all their current models from Aprilia, Vespa, and Moto Guzzi. But they had a special treat for sport bike enthusiasts, with the number 34 Aprilia Tuono Factory on display. This is the bike that was ridden by team rider Renny Skaysbrook last June, who clocked in a record-breaking 9 minutes and 44 seconds from bottom to top. Of Pike's Peak you can watch the video on YouTube heritage was evident in both bays of the show facility this year Honda displayed the reintroduced CBR 1000 RR fireblade returning to the market after long hiatus in its red white and blue glory the bike is available in June At $28,500 U.S., you may not see a lot of these on the roads, so be sure to get a look at the bike on the Honda website. And speaking of heritage, Suzuki takes a look back at its past in more ways than one. By now, most riders know the Katana has returned to the lineup after a 25-year absence. On display during the show was both the 2020 model side-by-side with the last production model from 1994. That was pretty cool. But Suzuki did one better. Their newest V-Strom option, the 1050 XT, takes much of its design cues from a bike we never saw here in the States. Back in 1988, the DR750 Big was Suzuki's attempt to come up with a bike suitable to compete in the Paris-Dakar rally at the time. That bike never saw a life in the US, but in Canada, 190 units were sold. During the show, Suzuki displayed both the new model side by side with the 1988 version. Actually, in all, there were three 1988 DR750 Bigs on hand at the show. Across the aisle from Suzuki, Yamaha has been teasing the upcoming Tenere 700 adventure bike for several years now, and the curtain's ready to go up with official production arriving in stores this summer. On hand during the show were four production models including a low version that makes it possible for short guys like me to get their feet on the ground. And while we're on the subject of adventure riding, Horizons Unlimited will be moving their Mountain Madness GPS Team Challenge from the cusp to Princeton, British Columbia this year. More information about that is available on their website at horizonsunlimited.com. Taking a look at the cruiser market, Indian and Harley-Davidson were dominant at the show, obviously. Many showgoers got their first up-close glimpse of Of the all-new Indian Challenger large format touring bike. Harley's new electric was there, the Livewire. Showgoers didn't just get to sit on the bike, but experience it on a static arcade-like test ride platform. While there's no potato potato sound from the sleep machine, it does have its own distinctive whirring sound. One of the three local dealerships, Trev Dealey, had already customized a unit featuring an attractive red paint scheme you won't find on the production models. Triumph brought in their newly revised Rocket 3. Obviously, the former 2,300 cc's wasn't enough for some riders, so the company has increased its displacement to 2,500 cc's more than the size of a number of compact cars on the road. But the design is elegant, it's well-updated, and it's a head-turner. Some excellent vintage classics were on hand during the show. Class 6 Cycles, out of northern Vancouver, curated the largest display that had a little of everything, including two other DR Bigs previously mentioned, a 1988 Yamaha Super Tenere 850, never released stateside, a Maverick minibike, which was a knockoff of the Honda Mini Trail, a mid-80s Honda Super Cub, and at least three dozen other bikes. Look for a feature on Class 6 services in an upcoming issue of Soundwriter. All in all, the show was worth the trip north, and if you haven't been before or you missed it this year, mark your calendar for the last weekend in January of
1: 2021. We'll be right back with some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by
2: Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, The Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at cyclebarn.com.
1: Hello there. My name's Scott. I live in Everett, Washington, and I've ridden for the majority of my life. I'm 52 years old now, Uh, mostly motocross and off-road stuff. That's the racing I did, but... uh, thinking about an adventure bike and whether i go with just a good old-fashioned dual sport that might be a few years older or something that's really zoot don't know yet but uh just getting interested and paying attention to what adventure bikes are out there hello matt marici here with piaggio group americas all the way from new york city and you are listening to the sound rider show
0: Into the final segment here on the Soundwriter Show, and of course, we're not going to leave you without any tips and tricks. What do you got this month, Tom? I mean, there's got to be some good stuff in the uh, dead of winter here in February, right? Some nice tips for the listeners, yeah.
3: You know, um, I know that a lot of our listeners, uh, give a dang about being healthy and eating well, yeah. And uh, for Christmas, I got myself a couple things, okay. Um, I got a sous vide oh nice yeah that's really nice you make some really good
0: food with that I was going to say what have you been making in that what's the uh... I have
3: made um, I know this doesn't sound like a motorcycle related but <laughs> we're getting to it in a minute here so hang on uh, I made some uh, scallops. Oh, great! And you know, you cook it for like a like about an hour in there. Yeah. And the nice thing is, if if they go for two hours, it doesn't matter because the temperature just stays the same the whole time. It's totally regulated. Right. Uh, I made some shrimp. I made some chicken. I did a ribeye steak the other day. And I think one of the best things and it was the first thing we did out of it was a we took the prime rib from Christmas that we didn't eat. Oh nice. And we sliced it up and vacuum packed it. And then we put it in a sous vide a week later and we had it as our New Year's Eve meal. Ooh. That's good eating. And it tasted just as good as when we had it on Christmas Eve. Wow. And it was uh, it was just as moist. You know, it doesn't dry out, it doesn't it just it just sort of goes into suspended animation, yeah. And then you heat it up, and it's and and you can't overheat it because you just set that thing at one thirty-five, and you go. So, uh, so, anyways, that was one of the things I got for Christmas. But another thing that I got that was uh, released—this uh, is the funniest thing. This is a book that came out and it arrived here on December thirty-first. I pre-ordered it back in September. I knew it was going to come at the end of December. And funny thing is, they put a 2019 copyright date in it. It only had one day in existence during 2019. I, that's one of those things where I probably would have put a 2020. Yeah. Copyright sure, date. Sure, sure. Anyways, it's called the Mediterranean Method, okay. And it's written by Dr. Stephen Mazley, who wrote the book Smart Fat. And so now we're getting to the motorcycle part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about trying to eat healthy when we're out on the road, and it's next to impossible. We um, got vegetable oil all over the place. Yeah. You got uh, junk food everywhere. A lot of fast food. But, you know, if you can if you can really nail down your diet at home, <clears throat> then you can start shedding some pounds. And when you do go out on the road, it's not such a big deal if you decide you're going to have a burger one day. Uh, and, and you kind of get off of that thing. And so uh, his version of the Mediterranean diet, shall we say, is uh, a very low-carb very low uh, glycemic load, mm-hmm. so there's not bread in there. There's not even pita bread in there. Right? Okay. It's all fruits and vegetables, beans, uh, a little bit of some grains, but not like white rice, and then uh, uh, some proteins, but not red meat. And uh, and and so I, I for the month of February or January, I pretty much ate all my meals at home out of out of what this book was providing me information. And I dropped five pounds. Oh, wow. So I'm on it. I like it. It's good stuff. It's called The Mediterranean Method. It's written by Dr. Stephen Mazley. You can't buy it in the Soundwriter Store. You're going to have to go online and get it there from someone else. But uh, I do want our readers to know about it in case they're looking for some ideas on how to shed a few pounds and eat healthier Even if you're already healthy.
0: Yeah, we'll do it in the off-season so you can ride more uh, during the summer season, right? Because the snow will Mm -hmm. melt in the passes, and you'll want to be out there exploring. Exactly. And uh, the healthier you are, the better you feel, the longer you'll be able to go.
3: It's got 50 recipes in it, and there's enough information in there. You just stand in your kitchen. You just start coming up with your own recipes. Yeah, that's That's great.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, for me this month... uh, I'm going to take a spin on my opening comments here. And I'm going to say, uh, find somebody in your life and try to make a love connection. And what I'm talking about is get them involved in motorcycling, if they have interest, of course. I've been out touring the shops. There are a lot of new salespeople coming on board here. They're starting to get loaded up for the springtime a little bit. There's always a little churn in the wintertime. And there's a lot of very enthusiastic people amongst that bunch. And they're ready to talk motorcycling. They're ready to kind of see what you're interested in. And if you have a new person in your life, the shops aren't going to be super busy. It's not going to be chaotic. You can go in there. You can start to introduce them to motorcycling. And the motorcycle training providers, they do schools. They do uh, training classes all year long. Yep. So you can get them in. And this is a great time to do it because it may not be as crowded. If you wait till June, if you wait till July, oftentimes they book up weeks, months in advance. So... Do it now. Let's uh, let's make some love connections, and let's make 2020 a great year for the industry here in the Pacific Northwest. Dr. Love. That's right. All
3: right. Well, that is our show for February, and uh, we will return back here in March. I think I'll be here. Will you be here? I'll be here. All right, good yeah. deal. Um, because we're recording this before February, I just want to say if there was any trouble, with the website during the month of February. Uh, I hope you can bear with us as we roll our servers over from one location to another. And uh, we're trying to make it as painless as possible. In fact, uh, we have, you know, another magazine, Seattle Dining, and that one is taking the beating right now. Right. Right. So everything we're learning there, we're hoping that that will make it a much smoother transition for Soundwriter. And probably by uh, first 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 part, middle of February, you won't even know anything happened.
0: And uh, on that note, if you want to get Tom's motorcycle tip for the month, just listen to the Seattle Dining Show, where he will be talking about his motorcycle tip and trick as opposed to his food tip and trick.
3: Oh, is right. that yeah. <laughs> so? That, that messed up on the server, huh? Hmm. Okay, well, we'll fix that. Anyways, um, we'll see you back here in March.
1: The Soundwriter Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.